Welcome to Legal Week for April 3rd, 2020. This is Bob Ambrosi. The week's top story, the coronavirus crisis causes its first legal tech casualties with layoffs at a major e-discovery company. I'll get into that story and more, and later I'll be joined by Richard Tromans, publisher of the UK-based legal tech blog, Artificial Lawyer, for his perspectives on the week's news. But first, the headlines. The coronavirus crisis causes its first major legal tech layoffs as e-discovery company Disco lets go dozens of staff. LexisNexis expands its context analytics to add company information, providing coverage of more than 2.5 million public and private companies. As physical legal tech conferences are canceled, Rocket Matter announces plans for a two-day virtual conference to benefit COVID-19 charities. Finally, there were three notable hires this week, two at legal tech companies and one at a major law firms. Those are the headlines. Now let's go into more depth. In what appears to be the first instance of a cutback caused by the coronavirus crisis, the Texas-based e-discovery company Disco said it had laid off a number of staff members. A Texas publication, Austin Inno, reported that the number of jobs cut was 75. The news is all the more notable given that it was just a year ago that Disco announced an $83 million venture capital investment, bringing its total raise to $135 million, which the company touted at the time as more than had been raised by any other enterprise legal tech company. In a statement released to the media, the company said, quote, due to the coronavirus crisis and the economic uncertainty facing the nation and the world, Disco felt it was important to make difficult decisions and implement changes up front to proactively address and reduce potential risk. Later in this program, I'm going to discuss this development with Richard Tromans, who reported it earlier this week on his blog. Now onto the product front, where LexisNexis this week unveiled an expansion of its Context Legal Analytics product with the addition of Context Company Analytics. LexisNexis first introduced Context late in 2018, It is unlike other litigation analytics products out there because while those other products are based on data derived from court dockets, Context analyzes textual materials such as court opinions. When it first came out, it focused on analyzing judicial opinions to identify the cases and arguments a judge finds persuasive. The new company analytics is a little bit different in that it cross-references a company's litigation history with news events and financial data relating to the company. Lawyers can use it to assess the challenges their clients face, evaluate legal trends for competitive intelligence or for business development. Meanwhile, with conferences on legal technology and law practice canceled for the foreseeable future, the practice management company Rocket Matter is stepping up to organize a two-day virtual conference. It's going to be held April 16th and 17th, called Rocket Aid. The conference will include a lineup of educational programs as well as networking opportunities through virtual happy hours and breakout sessions. Registration is cheap, just $25, and all proceeds will go to charities supporting COVID-19 relief efforts. You can read all about it and register at rocketmatter.com rocketaid. On the hiring front, the week saw three notable moves. First, the document automation company Latera announced that it had hired Alma Assay as a client evangelist. 
Assay is a former Gibson Dunn litigation attorney who founded the cloud-based litigation management platform Allegory Law. She sold Allegory in 2017 to legal services provider Integrion, where she remained until last year. She's well-known on the legal tech circuit as a frequent speaker at legal technology conferences and has been honored with inclusion in both the Fastcase 50 and the ABA Legal Technology Resource Center's Women of Legal Tech. In another hire, Case Status, a startup that provides client communications management and marketing technology for law firms, has hired Keith Lee to be its chief marketing officer. Keith is a former practicing lawyer, but perhaps best known uh, and most widely known as the founder of Lawyer Smack, a popular online legal community that originally started as a Slack community and evolved into a freestanding operation. And last but not least among the hires, the law firm Simpson, Thatcher, and Bartlett announced that it has hired Oz Benamram as its first chief knowledge and innovation officer. He comes from White and Case, where he was chief knowledge officer for more than a decade, and he's widely recognized in the industry as an innovator and trailblazer. So that's the roundup of the headlines. Now let me turn to my guests for some perspective on the week's news. I'm joined now from London by Richard Tromans, a legal economist and founder of the blog Artificial Lawyer. Hi, Bob. Richard, how are you? I hope you're uh, sheltering in place and staying safe and well. Yeah, uh, very well, thank you. I mean, I, I work from home, have, have been for several years, so... In a, in a funny way, it hasn't changed too much. I, yeah, I, I know the feeling. Although I, I actually keep an office I go to sometimes, but I, I work from home as much as I go there. But uh, Richard, earlier in the show, I was talking about the layoffs this week at the U.S. e-discovery company Disco, uh, reported to be as many as 75 people let go. And I know you reported on this uh, earlier this week on your blog. Uh, What's, what's your perspective on this? Is this an anomaly or is this the tip of the iceberg of things to come? Um, I, I think it could, unfortunately, uh, be the tip of the iceberg because what we're seeing now, I think, is the most market-sensitive companies uh, being affected. So e-discovery is extremely event-driven. You know, uh, you know, as the sort of the name suggests, it's, it's it's a discovery exercise driven by need, by a very large dispute with thousands and thousands of documents. These types of cases, unless they're enormous and are just going to trundle on, you know, almost regardless of what's happening in the real world, to the others, the sort of medium size uh, matters, that's just going to stop. People will just put it on pause. They probably won't give up the dispute and probably they'll go back to the law firms for very high level strategic advice about, you know, what should we do? Do you think we should settle? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. But the big discoveries exercises where you need dozens and dozens of people in a room where you need all of this tech to, you know, find the needle in the haystack kind of thing, that that's going to have less less demand. The, the, the really... The really, really big event-driven stuff where I think it's going to be fairly continuous is in areas of finance and the very, very large global corporates and the people who serve them because they're, first of all, they're not going to go bust. Right. They're just going right. to have very, very large and complex legal needs and they're going to need all kinds of advice. 
you know, and they're going to need review tasks. You know, the banks and insurance companies particularly are going to want to know what their positions are on all kinds of things. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing is, as you say, the tip of the iceberg. And I think what it's what it's hitting first are the, com- the companies that are most exposed. Yeah. Were you at all surprised that Disco would be one of the first to respond? I mean, just a year ago, it had raised $83 million. It had a total raise of $135 million US. I mean, it's clearly got some cash in the bank. Why do you think it acted so soon into this crisis? Yes. Well, I did put that to them um, in several different ways over several different uh, occasions, and they just kept sending back the, uh, the sort of boilerplate response. My reading into it, and as I said in the story, um, this is just logical deduction. They seem to offer more than just software. They're providing a degree of what many discovery companies do, which is sort of services, human services around the the software, you know, inducting in the the documents, helping with coding and that sort of thing. Uh, When you start to add people who are not developers to a software company and not just business development people and salespeople, you've got a cost base there that if they're not actually functional, if they're just sitting there twiddling their thumbs while they're waiting for jobs to come in, and perhaps there aren't any, then you've, you've got a serious issue. And I think then we get to the second point, which I think is cultural. And, you know, if we look at what's happening with the law firms, some law firms are cutting partner profits and they're also sort of laying a couple of people off or telling right. them to go onto a four-day week and that kind of thing. Right. Other law firms are just sacking people and you know trying to keep as much money as they can for the equity partnership as possible. It, you know, I think there's a degree of cultural thing, the cultural aspect there. So I don't know what happened here. Was it the investors? They're like, you know, we've just given you like eighty-three million dollars, and we do not want that to evaporate through the salaries of people who actually aren't, you know, generating any income for the business. I don't know. That's just yeah. purely conjecture. Yeah. Uh, maybe they thought. And it's slightly strangely worded as well, their their response, which yeah. is it was kind of in, in preparation, in anticipation of it was almost as if they kind of thought, right, that's it. You yeah. know, we need we need to cut costs before yeah. it gets too bad. Yeah. Um again, yeah. I think it, it goes to a cultural point. I mean, some companies I know I think will almost ride it out to the bitter end, no matter what, and they'll hold on to everybody they can. Yeah. Hey, what else are you hearing uh, from the industry as you uh, talk to uh, people at legal tech companies, uh, whether whether in the UK or here in the US? Uh, how are people reacting, responding? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, it's a real mix. It's a real mix. I mean, uh, a couple of companies got back to me today to say that they're actually looking to hire still. And they're actually looking at this as a huge opportunity to acquire new talent you know they're not they're not in the least bit phased by any of this at all hmm. um other companies are sort of battening down the hatches and they're in negotiations with their landlords because they're trying to get a, a rent holiday there's people who don't want to lay anybody off but they pretty much have accepted that it's going to happen uh, a couple of people said that it's way too early to tell yeah. I mean, some of the companies that have got very, very long-term contractual license systems, you know, if you're not a sort of pay-as-you-go mm-hmm. revenue model, if you're the type of company that sells a piece of software, like, say, I don't know, a practice management system, and you sell it on a five-year license, right. and you've got a 100 of those licenses, and they're all constants, and they're all ongoing, 
and you've got you've banked all that cash and your sales team is out trying to do you know new sales you might just think well frankly we'll just carry on you know yeah. what's the yeah. point if we say if we if we sack our sales team we're only gonna have to rehire them money's in the bank you know, let's just keep going. Yeah. Are, are those uh, examples yeah. of companies, I mean, are, do you think that there are certain kinds of legal tech companies that are uh, pandemic proof, I guess, to, to, use a, to use a phrase? I mean, it's often said that law is a recession proof industry. I don't know whether that's entirely true, but, but are there certain types of legal tech companies, say practice management ones, uh, that are more likely to, uh, you know, stand this out? I think the two. I think the two groups. Well, probably three groups who will really survive well will be the ones I just mentioned. People who operate on a long-term license model. So, what what they won't get in the next month or so are probably any new signatures in terms of sales. Right. They might have some interesting Zoom meetings where yeah. the head of sales, you know, creates some new interest, and maybe there'll be a signature for that new product in a couple of months when all of this is over, or or later than that. But I think they're, they're the people who are best positioned because as said, you know, they've just got this recurring revenue. You know, it's all locked in. It's all contracted out. I mean, the, the law firms can't basically cancel their license to this software because they couldn't operate. And now more than ever, they need all this digital, you know, uh, support network. So they're pretty cool. The very small, very high value strategic startups who may only have five or six sort of large clients. They're almost like in a pilot stage, really. There might only be 20 or 30 people, maybe even less. They've always been fairly distributed with a, with a low cost base. Um, some of their tech team and dev team might be in somewhere like Romania, you know, yeah, or, right. you know somewhere else. Yep. Um, they've got a low cost base. They've only got a few clients, but those few clients are probably generating quite high revenue. And they just haven't got themselves into a position where they've got high debts, they don't have to sort of pay anybody back, they'll just trundle on. And I think a third group who will probably do well will be the ones who are very, very focused on high finance, you know, the big banks, big insurance, really complex, you know, economic issues. Um, I mean, rather like with the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, you know, the, the businesses which were very, very much focused on helping the big banks did pretty well out of this. Yeah. Richard, another topic I was talking about earlier in the show uh, was the uh, the cancellation of legal tech conferences left and right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, over here, uh, a company called Rocket Lawyer, uh, Rocket Matter rather, uh, just announced they're going to do a virtual uh, two-day conference to raise uh, money for COVID-19 related charities. I know you were planning your own conference in the United States for this June. What are Where are you on that right now? Yeah, well, we haven't officially... Uh, um uh, and now it's the date uh, that we'll be moving it to, but uh, the the conference will be going ahead. Uh, but at the end of this year, as as you'd expect. Um, so yeah, we basically we've got a fantastic group of speakers. We've got some great sponsors, and what we'll be doing, you know, rather like a caravan, we'll be attaching it uh, to a trailer, and we'll be taking <laughs> it over to the end of the year. Uh, you know, unhooking it and setting up shop again. So basically, everything carries on as usual but it'll be the end of this year and we'll be announcing the exact uh, date in a, in a couple of days. Oh, good to know. Well, I look forward to that. Well, Richard Tromans, thank you very much for uh, joining me on this uh, Friday afternoon in London. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's it for today. The show is produced and edited by Ben Ambrogi of Populous Radio. This is Bob Ambrogi. 
See you next week.